Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. There's three of us together today. Uh, myself, Scott Coates, recording in Hanoi, Vietnam, and with me are... Scott Gregory, sitting here in Calgary. And Darren Scott, here in Calgary as well. All right, so boys, uh, the person that picked this uh, is not even here, but uh, what did you think of Alan's pick? Scott? Uh I mean, I liked it. It's Canadian, so I have a soft spot for it. It uh, is a female pick, so I have a soft spot for the <laughs> female artists. And, yeah, I mean, I could get into the, the details if you want. Some of my, my favorite songs from growing up are on here. One thing that um, really struck me was... And I think I mentioned this to to Darren earlier, uh, Head Over Feet. For some reason, I was really vibing, you know, how before with Chantal off the Blue album, the uh, the big song there, Before You. Yeah. That's kind of like that, you know, she's talking about how she really is happy to be in a relationship because the guy makes her feel like a better person, blah, 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 kind of, you know. And uh, I kind of got that vibe off of uh, Head Over Feet as well, too. And I don't know why, but that really resonates with me. The idea that you can make people a better person. It's kind of a lyrical kind of thing off the album. but Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, for this album, and it's funny being a bit older, um, I keep, why do I keep bringing that up every time? I know, right? <laughs> I'm like the old guy. I just like, uh, but I vividly remember these. Whereas a lot of the, you know, a lot of the picks in the early nineties, uh, um, Alan, it's interesting. He's not here. Son of a bitch, but, um, he picked this and he would have been quite young. So it'd be interesting to get his take. And I even asked my wife tonight, who's eight years younger than me. And I'm like, what do you remember about Alanis Morissette? But then I realized I didn't really give a big crap about music as much as I do. But, um, <laughs> one thing I realized, this is 1995 when it came out and, uh, you know, the grunge was kind of, uh, um, Kurt Cobain is gone. Uh, grunge is kind of shifting now a little bit. Um, and you're starting to get the, this different sound. Uh, but really, um, what I found was it was interesting because this is the first time, think about this, that um, you heard a pop song, because it really became kind of pop, although we shouldn't call it that. It's definitely a rock album. Uh, but it was played on mainstream radio. But, like, Alanis was mad. And, I mean, there's some lyrics in there that they, they had to beep out and, like, at the time, there wasn't, like, think of, like, especially women in rock or things like that. They weren't saying anything you had to beep out, or they weren't, like, cursing, like, how bad guys were. Um, yeah, at the same time, really, the Riot Girl movement was happening, uh, started in the late 80s, early 90s, where it was, like, Bikini Kill, Sleeve Bikini. Uh, yeah, a newer band that does that is Pussy Riot, but... Um, <laughs> Pussy really Riot, were, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're awesome. Russian, and they're against the system, but... Uh, and but they were very upfront and they were punk, very underground punk, never really reached mainstream popularity. But here, Alanis kind of took that edge uh, and then shifted it into something more consumable, I guess, even though it was on the edge. So I don't know. I have, I have a lot of respect for this album in that way, and, and a lot of people don't remember that. And like every girl I knew, especially like I was in my twenties, 
um, 25 at this time, I guess. And I remember every girl around that time was like, hell yeah, like, screw my boy ex-boyfriend. I hate this. Like, uh, women especially gravitated. We don't have a woman on, on our group, but we probably should for this very thing. Anyway, mm. um, Scott Coates, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny you say that, Darren, because I, I looked at the release date of 95, and Nevermind from Nirvana came out in 91. So, yeah, I kind of think this is the woman's and mainstream sort of alternative. It's a bit rough, a bit angry, but sort of commercially safe at the same time. But I agree with you. It wasn't really common for women to be in music, like standing up and saying, screw him. And this guy's an asshole and, and so forth. So I really kind of view it as sort of a, sort of a woman and slightly more mainstream alternative. So when you look back at what was going on in the musical scene, it does kind of make sense that this came out at that time. I yeah. was very early 20s, I think, and DJing at a bar. So I remember this being huge. Uh, you Ought to Know, of course, was the one I think that we all knew first. But Ironic, it turns out, was the biggest hit. I mean, there was six singles on this thing. Yeah, that shocked me too. Yeah, yeah six singles. Sold 33 million copies, one of the biggest. They call it a debut album, but it was our third. So I don't know yeah. how to qualify that. But I mean... This was a rare instance of a Canadian completely dominating the global airwave. So listening to it, I mean, I didn't own the album, and I liked the singles enough. I don't think when it came out I was like a super fan. I was like, oh, these are catchy. I think it was one of those albums, and the singles were singles that a vast, vast majority of people could listen to and enjoy. And so I was probably in that category. I'm like, yeah, this is all right. You ought to know, I remember, always just maybe scared me a bit more than anything, because... I was single and dating numerous women at the time, and you'd hear that song and be like, "Wow, this is a this is a, a, a bruised and jaded angry yeah. woman." So, start uh, start playing Black Velvet and get back, you know. She's gonna yeah. stop me. But um, you know what? It stands up. Like the album's what now twenty three years old, and it still sounds good. It's oh yeah. Still, oh yeah. It, you could release it today. Release yesterday. Um, I don't think it sounds dated. But then again, when you put it in the context of what was happening musically, it, it kind of makes sense a few years after, you know, Pearl Jam 10 and Nevermind and all that. I'm yeah. surprised they considered it a debut album, though, because like you yeah. said, like the first album she did went like gold or platinum or something. I remember uh, the second one flopped, but, you know, she had a professional contract. She sold a whole schwack of albums. It wasn't like bootlegs on the, the streets of Toronto kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's like first USA album or something. Must like be, that. yeah. Yeah, and hey, um, I, I may have called him a son of a bitch earlier, but uh, Alan Dupuis has joined us. Alan, are you there? Alan. Yes. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. What's I, going uh, on? I was not paying attention to the time. <laughs> this this is not the I, Marines. We will leave a man behind. That is okay, and I feel bad because it's my pick too. And uh, go ahead and call me a son of a bitch. I no, was not paying attention. You were in a Backstreet Boys song, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got caught up watching Netflix. So okay. uh, that's that's my bad. I don't know how deep you guys are into this review, but you know uh, we just heard it. So Alan, why, why, why don't we go back and why don't you tell us why you picked it and what you remember of this album? Definitely. Uh, my first memory of this album. Do you guys remember mixtapes? That was a thing. Oh yeah. Back in the nineties. <laughs> right. And. Uh, one of my buddies from school made me a mixtape, which had, uh, I think, like three or four tracks from Jagged Little Pill. And I remember those being my favorite tracks on the entire tape. So I convinced him to just loan me his copy of Jagged Little Pill, and I probably wore a hole into it. So that was my first memory of that. I think it probably would have been in, like, 
96. Um, and it's, it, was, uh, it was memorable for me back then because, you know, I was young and impressionable and kind of just getting a sense of my own musical taste. Um, but then, you know, life happens, time goes on, and you sort of forget you forget all of these albums you listened to that kind of had a big impact on you growing up. So for me, this was one of them. And uh, the Sonic Collective gave me a really good opportunity to kind of dive back into that. So that's kind of why I picked it. I also thought we don't have enough female representation, I think, in our picks. Uh, I don't know what, there, but yeah. what did you guys think of it? Well, and there was a, a chunk of the songs. It's funny because we were mentioning how there's six singles on it, but uh, I had mentioned that uh, Head Over Feet was one of my favorite, but Perfect, where she really works the softer range of her voice uh, and not like in long drawn out notes or anything like that. Um, I really like that. I really think that the other ones, the singles really kind of fit with that grungy kind of streak that was going on in music you guys had mentioned before but she's got chops you know like oh yeah it's it's surprising the the range that she can uh she can really hold down definitely yeah i thought sorry go ahead scott coach yeah scott uh greggy i mean it's funny i i like her voice it's but part of it for me i i feel like sometimes she's out of tune but i I know that's just her style, but then, like, mm. on Perfect, for me, that was like a cat being swung by its tail. Like, it just sounds out of tune and, <laughs> and really abrasive to me. I, I, I'd listen to that, and I, like, I did skip it a couple times, and then I go back, and I'm like, I got to listen to the whole thing. But, like, she is a good singer, but then on some parts, and I, it's just her style, I'd be like, oh, this is just kind of off. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why would you, would you do that? attribute that to the age of the album, or... You know, like the lack of auto tune there, the the technology, or do you think it's because you know what she recorded I, I, this at nineteen? Yeah, I think it was intentional. I, yeah. I think, um, and I, yeah. you didn't hear it, but uh, I I think like like bands like Bikini Kill, there was a lot of like uh, this you know kind of punk going on. I think she was trying to be a little edgy like that. So I think that I think that was intentional. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and she, I mean, realizing, and Scott uh, Gregory alluded to it, that she had a couple albums before it, but they were like, Tiffany, I think I'm alone now. Oh, yeah. Always too hot, never too cold. So she literally left Canada, moved to L.A. and said, okay, I'm getting into this mall pop stuff. And uh, I should remember the producer's name, but I don't. But she sat down and with this guy she met in L.A. And uh, they basically wrote the songs together. And he's like, this is the edge you need. And she just went along and they they did it. I mean, um, yeah, kudos. Taylor Hawkins. Glenn, Glenn Ballard. Was, yeah, uh, I was going to say that. Taylor Hawkins from uh, Foo Fighters was actually yeah. the drummer on this album, was he not? Well, yeah. Yeah, Dave Navarro and Flea Dave wrote Navarro. one of the songs yeah. as well, too, didn't he? Or, yeah. Didn't they? You ought to know. Yeah. They, yeah. they, uh, they kind of... Yeah, I, I should know. Yeah. And, I mean, she had some... I mean, a big thing for us is, like, how influential it is. And, uh, I guess, Pink, Katy Perry, Avril Lavigne, like, and many more said, like, oh, this was the album that, like, made me want to kind of be this, you know, rock star. You know, maybe Katie Perry didn't go too rock. <laughs> but either way, like, it's cool. But she kissed a girl and things worked out for her anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just that edge, that, like, rebellious edge, I guess. Yeah, and you can, I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of really good female talent out there that 
I think once they got this doorway to not being like mellow and formulaic and stuff like that, they were allowed to have this extra range of emotion out there on albums. You know, it, I, th- I think it, like you said, it really did open up a lot of doors. Yeah. Expression wise. Yeah. It's, it's a massive album. There's no way around it. It's pretty cool that a Canadian um, has it. I mean, she never followed it up really. I don't remember being this big after, but I mean, it's, it's pretty catchy. Like I said, I never owned it. It didn't a thousand percent speak to me, but you can't help but tap your foot to almost every track. Hand in my pocket is my favorite. Uh, You learn's a pretty close favorite. Um, Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's solid and it stands the test of time. Yeah, yeah. It's a good album. It's and if you were in Can- Canada at the time, it was impossible to avoid. So, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, not even just Canada. I mean, that, this was massive, right? Like, oh yeah. Like, but if you're talking like CanCon requirements and stuff like oh, that, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like when Nickelback got huge, right? All of a sudden, every radio in the country was like, "Oh my God." We have a CanCon check mark mm-hmm. here that we can play yeah. every sixty minutes. Of the uh, Rolling Stone top five hundred, number three twenty-seven. Oh. Five hundred albums of all time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, one list. Yeah, how many um, how many singles did it spawn? There was uh, a number of them, right? Yeah, six. Six. Yeah, thirty-three million sold. Five Grammys and nine nominations. Six, six singles. Right. She was the youngest to win the Grammy too. Did I say that? Oh, really? Huh. No, yeah, yeah. I did not know the that. At the time, just recently beaten by Guess Who. The Guess Who. The Guess Who are old as sin, man. Taylor Swift. Ah. Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift uh, look what they made her do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Dave Coulier thing, right? Everybody knows from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> Was that ever confirmed? I remember that being a rumor forever, but like. Oh, really? um, I think it's Us Magazine, which I'm sure is a trusted resource, but there's an interview with Dave Coulier. He says, I am pretty sure that actually I can confirm that that's also about me. It's, ah. it, I don't think it's a hundred percent, but I think it's yeah. <laughs> so the guy from Full House and Alanis were dating, and he screwed up some way or another, and got a few songs about him. Oh. And it's extra creepy when you consider her age versus. I assume he had to be in his thirties when they were filming that. Yeah, oh, I don't. Yeah, he'd be too. Well, he'd be definitely a little bit older, but yeah, I don't know. Good yeah, for him. Well played. Well played. That's right. It's one but of those Hollywood romances. Ryan Reynolds, so, you know, True. good for her. But who doesn't move I mean, on to Ryan Reynolds? So, yeah. Me. Well, she was uh, switch hitting there for a while as well. I believe she what? was bisexual there for a while as well. She kissed Ooh, a girl too? Yeah. I shouldn't. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> sure. Wow. That's probably. Yeah. I, I don't think that's on the album. All right, so let's give some scores, guys. What do you, oh. uh, Alan, start with you. What do, what do you rank this? All right, uh, I'm going to give this a solid four out of five um, for some of the reasons you guys had mentioned before. It's a little rough around the edges, I think, um, in terms of production value. And not every song on it sort of resonated with me, but the ones it did really, really did. And, uh, you know, it's been, whatever, like 23 years or whatever you said, and I still find myself kind of... Being drawn back to those tracks, things like All I Really Want, that will forever be on some of my playlists because it's just a banger. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so solid four out of five. And I would certainly recommend it to any and everybody who 
has never actually dived into that album. A great one. Scott Coates? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a solid four as well. Not an album I'll probably go back to, not totally my style, but you can't deny in 95 it was the album, right? It totally fit the sound at the time. I'd recommend it. I'll give it a four on that because I think anyone studying music, it's a massive album. Again, that the sound fits that time, influenced my taste. Only a two. Worth the hype before, so I think yeah, it's it's a solid album. Mr. Gregory, uh, I'll give it a four and a half. I uh, I like the ladies when it comes to music. You know, this is kind of like a grungiered up version of Ruka Salt, as far as I'm concerned. Who uh-huh. maybe had one or two more bad relationships. So uh, yeah, I thought vocally she stretches herself uh-huh. out. She's got some some rough patches in there, but like you, I think it was intentional. Uh, it's very well produced. You've got some A-list talent on the uh, instrumentation. The lyrics are really solid. Highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, Happy Canada 150. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for myself, I mean, uh, with the hype, I, yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, influence, I'm a three. I think at that time I realized I was a big grunge guy. There's a lot competing for my... <laughs> Time at the end, I remember like, I'm like, oh, this is a good album, but like, it's like all these waitresses are mad at me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I recommend, I'll give it a solid five. I think you should listen to it. But I think I'm overall for a uh, fantastic album. I think, <laughs> you know, good representation from Canada. And uh, yeah, I just thought it really well done. Really well done. Cool. Yeah. Um, any parting notes, Alan, since you're free? I apologize for being a little late the, uh, to the meetup, but I'm glad to hear you guys all uh, enjoy the album to an extent. So, cool. Looking forward cool. to seeing. I think Scott's picking next. Is yeah, the pick's already in. I just saw it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to keep that on the DL till. I don't know. It, it's technically the month. I, I could give I uh, an early reveal. <gasps> All right. We cannot never reveal. reveal. Never reveal. Never reveal. Keep the people coming back. Yeah. Oh, I have to go to the website now? I know, yeah. right? Well, whenever, whenever I get it up. Give me a day or two. Yeah, you got to go to the website. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you'll, you'll be pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Yeah, I, I actually, I have never, I've never heard the album. I've heard some of the songs, but I've never heard the song. I'd only heard one song, which is the one that I mentioned there off the album. I was surprised. So Okay, well, after we record, you got to tell us what it is so I can start listening. <laughs> all right, so once, uh, we, once we shut down the presses, I'll, I'll give the reveal to right, you guys. Somebody take us out of here. I'm going to take us out of here. So thanks for listening. A new pick is up for September 27th. Thanks, Alan, for picking this one, taking us back to our days i think where we're all dating and felt a little fearful when we heard the angry angst of this woman named alanis but uh good listen and uh enjoy our pick for september